Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And today we have another very, very, very special guest for you. Uh, his name is Simon Ludgate and I'm going to read you out a little introduction for you all. So... Uh, Simon has a background in journalism and in TV directing documentaries, which has led him all over the world to meet many fascinating, insightful teachers who nourished his natural ability and encouraged him to follow a parallel course as first a shamanic. Am I saying that right? Shamanic. 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 There's no O in it, is there? It's like a Michael Jackson song. Shamanic. Shaman. Shamanic. Shaman. And then an exorcist. Or a space clearer. What Simon isn't a caftan wearing eccentric who you can hear coming before they arrive because of all the rattling bangles and ceremonial bones, he is an authentic exorcist who confronts and banishes all manner of unwanted entities to the delight and the relief of hundreds of clients. Yeah. And I can vouch for that because we can see him with us. There's no bones, no bangles. He's a very normal, normal looking <laughs> man. Um, the range of his work is huge and his clients vary enormously, both circumstantially and geographically. He has travelled around the world extensively, so the location and the nature of the challenge does not face him. In his work, he has found himself confronting some very powerful demons who are very artful at hiding and reluctant in the extreme to release their grip on a property and its occupants. But he has the ability to remove them and most importantly, remove them safely. Yeah. Although the context for his work is often quite dark and spiritually hazardous, Simon is blessed with a very powerful natural protection by the angelic realm. His spirit guides and other sources of protection and guidance. Simon feels he may be an incarnated angel, incarnated angel, incarnated, listen to me. He, and most importantly his clients, always sleep soundly after the process is over and the sun metaphorically rises again and the birds start to sing in their lives. Simon has written two books, The Accidental Wizard, which we was getting confused with the email address, wasn't we? And Gabriel's Liar. And I believe that that's been turned into a movie screenplay and they are expecting confirmation very, very soon to uh, get the funding to make it into a film. Yeah, Which is all very, very exciting. Have we, so let's kick off with that first. Have we heard any news? Do we get an exclusive? Well, um, all I can tell you is that um, I've been working with a um, very, very nice man. Oh, he's a very, very nice man. <laughs> um, he doesn't do breakdowns, or he does give me a breakdown. He gives me a nervous breakdown sometimes. Um, uh, a German producer called Billy Kamerad um, at a production, a production company called Dream Films. And um, he's based in Munich in Germany. And um, we're working with a, another producer who's quite shy, who likes to um, um, remain anonymous. Be in the shadows. Um, who lives in Canada. Um, so it's very international. But um, I've been working with Billy in parallel with the rest of my completely insane life for five years, trying to get this project and two or three other screenplays, what I wrote, um, off the ground as, as movies. And he rang, Billy rang me a few days ago, because we speak almost every day, um, and we've been sort of up and down around the houses but he was so excited. Um, I thought he was going to um, 
have an accident. <laughs> um, and um, uh, in fact, he got he, he was he was he was like so kind of um, excited about everything. He actually cut me off halfway through the conversation, um, which is really funny because he never do, he never does that. You know, he's very German, very methodical, and um, um, uh, very calm. But yeah, he's really really excited, which excites me because um, normally he's sort of quite. Um, calm and you know unexcited and um he's just really really um up about everything so it's yeah it looks like um we we, we've been working on a a deal um for a rather huge amount of money um because movies do cost a lot of money and if you're going to make several it really mounts up indeed they do i mean people are always shocked by um the budgets but then you know films if their successes will will bring in you know a gross of 350 million or a billion um it's 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 a big it's a big business huge it's a bit of a cottage industry in the uk although ironically we make loads of films here i mean the the production um the film production business here is worth billions you know with um um, all the big studios there are here i mean simon you know so much about this because of course you were a very successful director yourself. I just want to tell the listeners, Simon's first skill, really, or one he's most famous for, in a way, is, is that you've you've produced and directed some fantastic TV shows, some fantastic documentaries. So when, in the intro, Freddie said, Simon's not a mad caftan-wearing bead swinger, um, he's, actually a very, <laughs> he's actually a very professional man. No tie-dye here. Yeah, no, I've had the pleasure of knowing Simon now for years and years and years and worked on yeah. some projects with him, yeah. um, which we've done quite a bit of filming for various things. And he is, he's a very professional man. But Simon, I just want to go back to the start, really. When I first met you, you'd had the book out, Accidental Wizard. And yeah. we spoke about you going to, at the time, you were going to places in the world that had mass deaths like earthquakes and tsunamis and yeah. you were phot photographing taking photos of um angelic orbs and things like that personally i'd like to kick off this interview really in detail with this so can you tell us a bit about that that part of it well that was um the basis of um my personal journey which took me a few years to realize i was on because i was already on it when i realized that I was on it. Yeah. Um, my um, my mum had just died um, in two thousand and six when this really started, um, and they always say that energetically, when your um, parent passes, you tend to sort of really zoom forward. Uh, um, and I've spoken to a lot of people about this, and they've had a similar experience where it's like you sort of pick up the ball and start to run with it, mm. but. Um, as Vanessa says, I was going to a lot of um, disaster areas because I was making science programs about the origins and the causes of things like the um, Indonesian tsunami in 2004. And um, I sort of got into a swing of doing um, a lot of earthquakes and um, tsunami. And yes, I did see some um, horrendous things, both in terms of the way that the earthquakes and the tsunami would wipe out a whole um, towns, you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people. And 
during that process, I became quite connected to the death and didn't really sort of analyze or think about it to start with. But I kept on going to places, um, and then it was uh, China, Pakistan, um, Haiti, which was absolutely awful. Um, there was a massive death toll, and the country's a real mess, so um, yeah. it's very difficult for them to do anything about it. And um, Chile. So um, there were an awful... And, and, and um, Japan, you know, I mean, I yeah. was like Mr... Um, um, natural disaster in, in um, between 2004 and 2012 mm. and there was a big spike during that time. I was going to say you had plenty to choose from. Well yeah they um, it was like the beginning of uh, in, in like between 1904 and 1912 there were loads of events like that and the same in that decade um, it's just one thing after another it was, it was weird um, so I was kind of the guy who was always arriving when everyone else was leaving screaming. Yeah. You know, like, no, no, the plane's that way. I said, no, I've just landed. I'm going that way. Why? You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, emotionally, it was it was difficult. I'm not going to pretend it wasn't. Um, I think I had PTSD of of, of a mm. sort for about five years after yeah. it was over. I kind of, I'm really done with it now. But what happened was. A lot of these places happened um, in conjunction with very special places on Earth, which, again, I didn't realise, because the Earth is a great big sort of lattice work of ley lines and energy points. And there are these um, really um, special places around the world which tend to be on fault lines, because fault lines really are a natural ley line. They're a sort of an energy point mm -hmm. when you have two, mass, two masses pushing against each other, you know, and grinding away at each other with incredible force. Um, and when they move, they release a massive yeah. mass of energy. And sitting on those are a lot of the world's very special holy places. And I was going to them. Um, and after about five years, I looked back and realized that I, I could just tick off all these amazing places around the world that are so special. Um, and it began to feel like I was being sent, in particular mm. when I went to Chile. Um, because by that stage, I was I, I had trained trained as an exorcist and as a shaman and we can talk about that later but um i was much more conscious of it and when i went to chile um you get these little indications from the angels um like light numbers um and signs and things that get left and things that happen to you and on that trip it was a song called angel by sarah mclaughlin who's canadian singer yeah i know that song, and it's yeah. actually my favorite song i absolutely love that song it it makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up when I listen to it. And and, and I usually shed a few tears because it's just such a beautiful song. Um, and it was playing in the cab when I, when I left home. It was playing in the cab at the other end in um, Santo Domingo, uh, Santiago rather. And it was playing at the petrol station when we got out to fill up with petrol after we got all the, the massive hire cars, the trucks. Um, and then when we got to the hotel, it was playing in the hotel. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not a, you know, it's no, not as if it was in the charts or as a hugely song, popular that, that song. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's like it, it, it wasn't a hit at the time. It just that song kept on appearing. And it was it was playing when I got back um, from the cab from Heathrow to where I live. It was playing in the car. And I thought, this is just crazy. Yeah, hold this, on this a minute. Definitely yeah. somebody saying to me. And. The trip through Chile, um, Chile is a very long country. It's like yeah. a sausage that goes down the left-hand side of South America. It's 
it's um, 800 miles long. I was going to say, it's almost uh, the length, isn't it? Of 200 miles wide, yeah. And um, it was the route that um, a lot of, you know, marauding, invading people went. I mean, the, you know, the uh, Portuguese went down it, the Spanish went down it, the English went down it, the Dutch, um, and um, uh, several other very powerful nations, you know, over the last um, 1,500 years. Everybody went down that line getting killed by the local Indians um, and sacrificed and killing a lot of people. So there was a lot of um, conflict and struggle and it's a very holy place. And I could feel it so strongly and I was being followed by a couple of angels in particular who do tend to follow me around or I follow them around. Or, um, and also um, the spirits of... Um, what felt like Aztecs or Maya type yeah, um, yeah. Um, people from, you know, 1500 years ago. And it was like they were standing in the room with me. It's really weird because, you, you know, when someone's standing just out of your sight mm. and you know they're standing there yeah. and you can just about see them and like it might be somebody that you're expecting to come into the room. It was like that all the time. I was just surrounded by these spirits and I took some extraordinary pictures in the process when I was down there of there was one where we were in um, um, near Concepcion which was where the um, centre of that earthquake happened sort of about halfway down on the coast and I took a picture of four blue orbs coming down the street in a, in a kind of formation and I was and I took a picture about every four seconds and I've got this series of pictures of them about 50 feet away in front of me and then going to the left in the same formation mm. and I, I wasn't moving the camera and they moved through it um so you, you basically you could see them flying down if i'd videoed it you'd have seen four yeah. beautiful blue orbs flying through and there were so many things like that that happened it was the most incredible trip and there were so many instances of a kind of um coming together of the holy energy and the really strong spiritual energy of a place and my journey. And my conclusion was that I was being reminded about who I was and, and give, being given information by being sent to all these places mm. because I've been everywhere in the world apart from Russia and Australia. Everywhere else I've been everywhere. I mean, literally everywhere. Um, and it's, it's been so strategic it hasn't just been like some random place. It's been really, really special places. So I have literally been on a really, really powerful spiritual journey. Well, it's of, your journey of enlightenment, isn't it? And, yes, it is. And it, it was exactly. a, it's every every place has offered an education to you in, in some way that yeah. has helped you with your challenges that you've faced since, I suppose. Yeah. And um, it's all made me realize that i'm not normal and i don't and i don't i don't mean um like i'm a nutter or there's something wrong with me it just made me realize that um i was very very blessed yeah. i am very very blessed and that um there are things that i should do which i have done my utmost to um pursue so i just want to ask um, because we've we've spoken to a few people that work with angels 
Um, and you mentioned that um, you had a, a particular set of angels that were with you or, or, or were following you. Now, obviously, we have an understanding of, of angels and, and what they are and who they are. You know, are they... Um, I mean, we know. Mo well, we know Michael, Raphael, yeah, like, Metatron. Like, 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 we know the basic. Like the archangels. Like, yeah. well, are they? Are they kind of them kind of beings, or are they? Yeah. Yes, archangels. And in my case, um, I get. Um, I'm very connected to Uriel in particular, and it took me a few years to figure this out. But Uriel is actually the um, the archangel of floods and disasters. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I have uh, he 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 it they whatever that entity whatever you want to call that entity has appeared in my pictures all over the world, and he does it by sitting in the exact crosshairs of the frame. So if you imagine the frame, the, the picture's got like a diagonal across it. Mm. He always appears bang in the middle, and he's a very very white um, hexagonal shape. And the reason he looks hexagonal is because when angels are radiating energetically and giving you and communicating with you and holding a presence they go from being circular into being a cube so when you take a picture of them it looks hexagonal because you're taking a picture of a three-dimensional cube and that's how he always appears as a hexagonal actually a, yeah a three-dimensional shape as opposed to cube. and um i've taken pictures of him in a in a club in new orleans um, on a mountain in Pakistan, um, on a mountain in um, uh, Yosemite, on a table mountain in South Africa. It's always the same. And one minute he's not there, then he is, then he isn't. Yeah. Well, and, he's very well travelled um, as well. There are a few others who, who are very special to me. Um, Michael and Gabriel and Raphael and Shamuel, who's oh. the, um, um, who tends to appear as, um, as a pink kind of light. Shamiel's the archangel of, of love, love, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen these pictures, Simon. You sent them to me years ago, and they are very strange. They are completely nothing like all pictures you've seen before. They are straight-edged and hexagonal. They're, they're fascinating. Is there pictures. any way that... Are they accessible online? Can we point our listeners in, in into a direction to view these? Um, yeah. Um, there, there are some on my website for... Um, yeah, um, for accidental. Um, is, is that the website we've got? Yeah, ac ac accidental exorcist. Um, I will be posting as a, as a the. I will be posting the link to Simon's website in the episode description. So if you do want to go and check them out, um, you're able to do so through through that website. Um, that's really interesting. So, is 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 it because is it because you have that connection? with them that you are able to to photograph them or do you believe that you know it can be captured by normal people everyday people i i think that um i think they appear to everybody and and um they, they quite often appear to people who don't even realize they've taken one well, they, so, yes. they, don't, they don't know what they're um, looking for do they no I, 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 and when i started 10 years ago um i took quite a few and people took pictures of me with them around me and I didn't see them because I wasn't looking for it. And it wasn't until, oh, I think it was Diana Cooper, who um, is a very, very famous author, who writes the most beautiful books about the angelic realm and um, dragons and um, everything in the universe. She's amazing. And she's um, become a very good friend of mine um, in the interim years. 
But I think it was her who pointed it out to me and said, oh, yes, those are orbs. And I said, what are they? Mm. This was like back in, I think, 2004, 2005. And I started going through my pictures and I noticed I had quite a few. And if, if anyone does this, you know, if they start looking for it in particular, they will see them because they are It's surprising, yeah, how many yeah. you'll find, yeah. So I think, I think anyone can do it. And I think that the more open you are, mm. the more spiritually connected you are, um, the more interested and um, open mentally to all this that you are, I think you, you open up opportunities because the angels want to communicate. That's what they're for. And um, the, angel, the angels are um, the most incredible entities in, in time and space. They, they're an energy that, that reaches right through time and space. So, so they, they have no beginning and no end, which is why they're able to be everywhere at once because they are most incredibly powerful, integral parts of the structure of, of, of time and space. They're not just like a little flappy bloke with some wings <laughs> yeah. who rock, rocks up with his ukulele. You know, they are, they're next to God. You know, the archangels, there's, there's a, um, a hierarchy where the, you have the archangels, and at the top of the archangel hierarchy, you have Archangel Metatron, who, I always say sounds like a power ranger. It does, um, but but he he is he is he sits with the um, the seraphim and the cherubim who are who are next to God. It's the, the seraphim and the cherubim connect the archangels to to God, and the angels, ev everyone's personal angels, connect us to the archangels, and that's how the that's how the pyramid works. Um, and they and they they connect into um, the divine. So. My question is now, so obviously we're speaking about being open and having a, a you know, um, an open mind and, and connecting, you know, spiritually with, with things to bring in that good. But when you open your mind, do you also open up to the possibility of bringing in negatives? Mm. Oh, that's, that's a very good question. Um, it depends how you do it. If, if you if you if you open up your heart to the possibility of angels and connecting with them your guardian angel because we all have one mm. we all have one who walks just behind us and um, uh, you can you can see them as a kind of a glow and a point of light behind people we all have them and they and they protect all of us um, but there is a limit to how much they can protect us and they can also because we have free will, they can't stop us from embracing the um, the dark side, which um, people do by mistake or on purpose. And if you if you if you think if if you function at a low um, vibrational level, like you take drugs, um, you um, are negative. Um, you're critical, you speak badly about other people, you do all those things I think we all know yeah, what they yeah. are that reduces your vibrational level um, if you do that you connect to the earthier forces and people do open their hearts up to that negative energy and it's it's there is a very, very there always has been, but there's a very, very potent battle between those two energies now. Mm. So there's a big there's a, there's a big tussle between 
the light and the dark because the dark is it's it's an easy sell it's very easy mm-hmm. to go that route it's very easy to abuse yourself abuse other people um live a negative life think think in a negative way i think and, more so as well in today's society yeah it's it's an you know, easy with, road with, with just you know the amount of drugs that are around and violence and um it's it, I see that I just see that as Satan walking down the street. That's that's how, that's how it appeals to me. That's how it appears to me. And every time somebody says, "Oh, there's no no such thing as Satan. There's no such thing as evil." Whoop! Satan knocks one out of the park. It's like, yeah. thank you. That's what I want. I, I don't want you know. I want to be uh, anonymous. I don't want people to be aware of me. And it's the way that it works with people when they become occupied by by an actual entity. Is, is that it latches onto them and they can carry it around for, for lifetimes, you know, because it's possible to um, carry a demon, for want of a better word, it's the best way of describing it, yeah. a demon, a negative energy in you, in your makeup, it's possible to carry it through several lives, yeah. through dozens of lives, through hundreds of lives, and they hide. So, winkling them out sometimes extremely difficult and they also um they walk amongst us and they and they they hide their appearance so they they can appear as it's like false prophets and the you know like the false messiah um in uh, in revelations and you know the last the last book in the bible in the new testament that book is is just an absolute um gold mine of information about the complexities of the spirit life it's it's amazing is that true amazing, i'll read that I'm f- that's that's something for us to look into mm-hmm. actually yeah i'm yeah. glad you said that that's some interesting information there. oh it's incredible i mean it was written by saint john in a cave um on an island in um in uh, in greece i think and um it's like he's on acid you know it's incredible um and interestingly, the, the the book that they didn't put into the Bible, which is the Book of Enoch, which no no one's ever heard of because it, it's not in it, um, was taken out of the Bible by the Roman Catholic Church because they felt it was um, um, uh, it, it 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 gave um, too much credence to the angels and to the angelic realm, and it took away from God. So, really? well, the Book of Enoch is about the Nephilim. About how the Nephilim came about, about fallen angels, about how the angelic we, realm. Simon, how can we read the Book of Enoch then? Is that is is that just, possible? Just Google it. I was going to say. Oh right, so it's out there. Yeah, so it is out there. It's there, but it's it's interesting because the, how the Roman Catholic Church took it out. I mean, they just you know they decided to take it out before um, before the Roman Catholic Church was formed um, before about a thousand A.D. It was in it was in the Bible, and they and they took it out, and, it, and it's a really really serious omission in my in my opinion because it's such an important book. Um, but it's a very it's a very interesting read if you. And didn't they little... take out a lot about Mary Magdalene as well? Um, yeah. The the church didn't they? That I've I've read and seen that they they took out lots about her because it didn't suit the narrative at the time what they wanted the world to hear well, about. They, they they turned her into um, um, they tried to sort of present her as being prostitute basically they villainized her didn't and, they well the theory is is that that's where a lot of um modern um um hatred towards women comes from you know oh. it's, it's a cultural thing that was that started there um so yeah blame the catholic church well we can blame them for quite a few things can't we 
again. <laughs> there's probably buzzing coming from somewhere. Is that me? Uh, I, we can't hear anything our end. We're sending oh, you good vibrations. Right. I, maybe it's maybe it's just me. We can't hear anything. Yeah, there's nothing here. Nothing this end. Uh, well, there's there's somebody's trying to get between us. Mm. We have this very often. Yeah, we have had a few times. Simon, before we we go on to your exorcism stuff, if you can continue, because your your eyes are looking, you're looking, your face has changed expression now. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go on to your exorcism and your other skills, let's talk about the cage for a little while, because you were one of the very first people ever to come to the cage years and years yeah. and years ago on an investigative nature. Talk yes, us... after that phone call that we had when I said it, yeah. which was memorable. Yeah, and you, you said you thought I was mad as a box of frogs, but I'd had three vodka. I, well, I'd had a few vodkas. <laughs> well, listen, I can fully. I know where you're coming from then. I know where you're coming from. Do you know, it was such a stressy time because it was just a time that everyone on the TV, and I was, and it was like, oh my God, it was just a. But so to talk, because you, you've been a, to the cage a lot, you know, so. I have. Talk us through some of your most memorable... You see, the thing I say about Simon is, when I was talking about you on last week's show, I said you're one of the most intelligent men I've ever met on the planet. And then I thought, I'm not sure if it's intelligent, it's informative. You know everything. I mean, I remember years ago ringing you up saying, Simon, I've just... I know everything. Yeah, but you, you know so much. And I remember ringing you up years ago saying, Simon, I've just seen a documentary on mermaids. And you'd say, no, it's all right, Vanessa. I know what it is. I've seen it. Because you do seem to... you. You're informed on an outstanding amount in this bizarre, unusual world, and you really well, do. I, 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 I absorb a lot of information, and and I also get given a lot of information as well, which is really strange. Yeah, you know, stuff pops into my head, um, which is not based on anything that I've read or or deducted, and I go and look it up, and it and it turns out that it's absolutely spot on, and it's so strange because there's no context for it at all. Mm. But, you know, the sort of job I've had um, all, all my life has been about um, having to become really knowledgeable about a, about a subject. And, you know, when I talk to people at social things, I mean, they, they quite often look at me like I'm just, you know, making fun of them because they think, you know, he's just making this up. But, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, so it's it's um, it depends how it's taken. I mean, some people think that, uh, you know, I'm talking out of my my um back bum that one yeah um, <laughs> and other people um choose to uh so what did you it. think of the cage simon tell tell us t tell me what you thought to the listeners um well or your most memorable experience there um well there have been quite a few um all sorts of things happened there because it was a very, it is a very, very active point. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was used as um, a, um, a place for executions um, actually there at, at some point, um, like a gallows. I got that very strong impression. Um, but all sorts of things happened. Like um, when I was doing a, a, an investigation um, with my um, co-host of my show, Jenny, um, we were in the kitchen and suddenly all the lights went off and came back on again for absolutely no reason at all. Um, and um, I was, one of the weirdest things actually was I was, I was sitting on the stairs where um, that bloke hanged himself. Mm. 
once and I had my um, EMF meter, which is an electromagnetic field meter, which detects um, electromagnetic fields. Like if you hold it next to a phone, it'll, the needle will go crazy like that. Um, and if, if, a, if a, I discovered that if a spirit energy comes near you, you get an electromagnetic reading because everything is everything has an electromagnetic field. Everything does and um, it includes um, spirits. So it's become a very good um, meter for um, detecting their presence. And I was sitting on the stairs in the, in the cage and um, I had my meter on. And as it got dark, I mean, all the power in the, in the place, I don't know if you remember this, but all the power was turned off. Mm. We, we switched all the power off. And I got a kind of control reading, which was zero. And as it got dark, I sat there and watched the needle go like that. Mm. So as it got dark, as it got darker, none of the lights were coming on because the electricity was off, my phone was off, everything was off. As it got darker, the the you you could see the um, power coming up, and that was the thing about the place is that you could feel it as it, as it got darker, the, the the atmosphere changed. It come to life, didn't very, it? Very malignant place. What about that time when you were standing in the kitchen and it swooped that? Um camera or phone out of your hands and it smashed on the floor and you were really yeah. angry because it cost um, the fortune I, I was i was trying to take a picture of um a friend of mine in the kitchen and the camera literally got banged out of my hand i was holding it like that it literally got banged out of my hand and um fell on, fell on those um brick uh, uh slate brick floor, floor yeah um but i think the weirdest thing and actually um probably the most damaging thing to me that ever happened was when um Am I allowed to talk about what you found underneath the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can, yeah. Um, um, when, when you did that excavation to see what was under the kitchen floor, um, because I'd, I'd talked about, I'd said to you quite a few times, I think you should dig the floor up because there's something under there. And then you found the corner of that old house that so had been built on, a, on another structure, on another house. Yeah, there was fittings, a structure underneath, yeah. Yeah. When I looked in that hole, because I sort of wasn't switched on and I was a bit like sort of um walking into a pub you know like unprepared for somebody's going to sock you in the face um i looked into that hole and something hit me in the fact i mean not not physically hit me but something came out and went into me when i took that picture do you remember that was that yeah. normal um and i went home and, and i had the worst three weeks of my life you rang me up, left in a voicemail in a terrible state, didn't you? Just saying, I just yeah. don't know what the hell happened, but I'm, I'm in bits, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have never felt suicidal like that. Yeah. It was awful. I had to go and see my um, my mentor who trained me a lot um, to um, get rid of it. Yeah. Because there was something in that floor that came out because... That, that that building was was I'm absolutely sure was built on a um, on a ley line. I, I think yeah. probably like it, a natural stream running underneath it. Yeah. Um, and it was um, used for ritual before it became a house. Yeah. So that point that point was used as um, a place for sacrifice and ritual and for black magic for a long time before it even became a house originally. Mm. Um, and um, it's um, one of the most unsettling places I've ever been to. Um, so as a result, a lot of my friends who were interested all wanted to go. So I found myself kind of coming back. Um, but it's um, not a place um, I was happy being in at all. Mm. 
which leads us on to can you talk to us about your shamanism and exorcism i don't know can you explain to our listeners what exactly a shaman is yes um in very simple terms all the shaman means all the word means is having a foot in either camp that's all it means so it means having a having one side of you in the in the here and now and having one side of you in the spirit world and what shaman do i mean they do lots of things because shaman is a witch doctor um a healer um a witch it covers all those sort of things. It's just different names. And, and all societies have them. Um, and we're all very alike. I mean, I've met a lot of shamans from around the world, from Bhutan, Nepal, um, um, various countries in Africa. And we're all very alike. It's really strange. So even though we all look very different, there's a kind of a recognition. It's like, hello, mate. <laughs> yep, one of us. Um, but sh- shaman means being able to function in the conscious world and the spirit world at the same time, which is what I can do. And it's the, it's at the basis of, of, of what I can do. So I, I'm, I'm connected to both worlds all the time. I was going to and, say continuous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in a way it can be a bit of a burden because, um, um, I've actually had to learn to shut it off. Um, and you decide when you're actually really going to work. So it's like, right, I'm going to switch on now, I'm going to do something, and then I'm going to switch off. Um, but it's always there. Um, but I have learned to switch it off, because when I was a kid, I had a very strange, very strange time. And before I learned how to do that, I would go on the underground, which I don't like doing anyway, because of all the magnets. It's, um, um, I really don't like it at all. Um, but um, I'd be sitting there in a carriage, and somebody I'd hear somebody or I'd look at somebody and I'd think oh you're a murderer mm. or, or um, um, you're pregnant or, or you know I mean or, or there's something wrong with your liver um, and you don't want to go around doing that all the time um, no it weighs heavy and and also I think out of out of um, respect for other people and out of, out of kind of politeness I don't want when I meet somebody because if I'm switched on, if I shake hands with you, I know all sorts of things about you, which which I you know may I don't necessarily want to know. And if there's something wrong with you, I will know, and then I know, and then it's like, am I going to tell this person or not? I mean, I have a, I have a sort of very strict set of protocols about you know how how I use that information. Um, like I know when I'm going to die. I, I I know exactly the age that I'm going to die. So I know how long I've got left. Is Why it is it a long that? while? It's 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 good. It's oh, good. So you have you have a good innings. Oh, okay, that's all right then. So I've got a lot to do. That's the other thing. That's yeah, we so back in to cram, yeah. cram in there. Um, so um, being being a shaman means that you have um, the abilities to connect with the spirit world and and also to heal um, and you can heal people and you can heal places and buildings. And that's when it starts turning into what we call being an exorcist, which is a very loaded um, word. It is, yeah. everyone, everyone thinks of, you know, like the film and... Uh, <laughs> Spinning heads, heads and great heads, heads, <laughs> And generally speaking, it's not like that, although sometimes it does get pretty, pretty freaky. And um, 
uh, Vanessa's seen me, seen me doing this. She, she, she's yeah. seen me working. And when I'm working, um, I become somebody else. You know, mm. it's not it's not really me. I become a sort of a, another being. And if I'm channeling somebody's spirit guides or their angels or there is a demon around, um, it, I'm really. I mean, you could you could stick a you could stick a um, a pin in my arm, and I, I probably wouldn't even feel it. Um, and the more of a challenge it is with with the with the place or the person. Because sometimes people have some really quite senior, powerful demons in them, controlling them and affecting them and residing in them. And they are really nasty. And when I pull them out, um, I, I work with a, a, um, a, an animal guide who's a, a massive black panther, a female, amazing creature. She's here now, right? Mm-hmm. Um I pull them out. It's like pulling a, a it's like pulling out a plastic, a, like a, a bin liner of rubbish out of your bin. You know that sort of thing. When you, really, yeah, yeah. Really pull it. It's like oh, it's not coming out. It's like that. And actually, they look black and shiny and nasty, and quite often smell awful. So that thing in um, The Exorcist, where like suddenly the whole room stank really badly, that does happen. Yeah, yeah. Because what they're trying to do is to distract you, and they are filthy. Um, 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 unclean beings. I mean, that they're, they're, they're like a black hole. They're the epitome of everything that's bad. So it's not going to smell great. Um, and then I give them to my um, spirit guide, animal guide, and she basically destroys them. She, 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 she kills the demon. So it can't just kind of jump onto somebody else or run off somewhere else. She actually destroys them. Mm. So it's, that's it. And they don't like me at all. You know, if, if I'm near somebody who's got one, that person is so antagonistic towards me. And I can see it around them. I mean, there, there's like a black aura around them. Um, it's like when people are about to die, actually, is, is that you can see death around them. And um, they they just don't like people like me. And the people who represent them don't like people like me. And, and I can always tell because they're, they're very, very aggressive and uh, hostile. And it's amazing how people come to see me really weighed down and black and they come in and they talk and they talk about how miserable they are and how angry they are and how it's, you know, like how they hate their families and, you know, and they, and they, all this sort of body language is just like massively telling. And then I work on them and they transform. And that's the most amazing thing about my job is that their faces light up, they change color, they become so much nicer looking and and they then they go, oh, oh my god, I can't believe it! I can't believe it! And they quite often cry a lot, men and women, because it's such a shock mm. to suddenly feel so different. Because a lot of them have felt like that all their lives, because yeah. they brought that to their lives, you know, when they were you know, as they were incarnated, they brought it from a previous life. So that is the most amazing moment. It's interesting. Because we've had a, a few spooky goings-ons here, haven't we? Yeah. And Vanessa come and, and she cleansed um, the house. With the sage and the... And uh, well, I, I went back with her anyway, and I just sat in the garden crying. And I just, I yeah, couldn't so tell her why. Yeah, went back to my house and just sat in the garden and just burst out crying. And I've never seen Freddie cry all that upset. Um, but yeah, it's... It, so, Simon, 
what's the difference between so are you saying a shaman and an exorcist are essentially the same things but like our version of well they they the two things um um cross over a lot yeah. um but 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 equally um they sometimes don't because the interesting thing is that some people it, it just depends what your strength is some people are fantastic healers um, like my mother was amazing at healing a specific part of the body. Like if someone had a sore elbow, she was really good at getting rid of it. And I, 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 I tend to heal the the whole the whole person. I tend to heal the whole soul. Um, I, I do do that as well. And if someone's got something wrong with them, I can see it. Like like if they live if they've got um, cirrhosis of the liver, their liver looks. I can see it in their body. It looks black. Um, same with their lungs if they smoke. And, it, and if they take a lot of drugs and they smoke, um, their aura has got lots of holes in it. And it's all kind of mucusy and blah, like that, you know. And you, can, you can, in the way that they behave, it's, it's sort of, you can, you, they behave like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so some people um, will are fantastic at um, giving people um, readings. Um, so like they'll, get, they'll get a spirit coming through. Um, I, I tend, I, I, I don't do that very much um, when I'm working because I um, find it distracting. Having so you would that, read the soul, um, the person's soul then? So you don't need a third party, you would go directly to the soul? Yeah, but, it, but, it, but uh, I, I, if, I, if, I want, if I want a spirit to come through, and I'm, I'm shutting myself off at the moment because if, if, I, if I open up, I'm just going to go off to like La La Land and I won't be able to talk to you. So I, I'm really consciously shutting this all off at the moment mm. so that I can focus on, on the conversation. But it, if I open up that kind of trapdoor in the back of my head, random spirits will come in. Um, and when, when we're doing an investigation for our TV series, which is like a ghost expert hunting um, series, um, we do a lot of that. And I actually channel um, people a lot and, and I will turn into you know an army captain who had his guts blown out or a soldier who's been had his throat cut or uh, and my um, co-host uh, Jenny will channel um, people I mean uh, we filmed her you know doing it and it's quite extraordinary because she she lives their pain like if they've been raped or murdered or raped and murdered or um, they've been a child you know um, so I do that as well, but that's kind of like, for me, that's like a separate job, yeah. if you like. So is it, are, are you born a shaman or are you, is there like a ritual where, you, you know, the, you are, the half of you is put into, into that other world? Is there training? What, what is that? There is, there is, there's a lot of training and um, there's a lot of development that a person can do. Um, I think that some um, people like me, um are born like this and i think i've probably done this in in all my previous lives um it's you know, it's, it's what my soul does mm. yeah um but i think that humans are amazing and i think that we when when art and um and science kind of diverged in about the 15th century like leonardo da vinci and all that kind of thing where it started going in two different and again it's roman catholic church wanted to divide those two because it's a control thing when the when when when, when science and um the spiritual were one thing 
they were incredibly powerful. And, it, and if you split those apart, they're, le- they're more controllable. Um, and being a shaman is combining science and spirituality. Simon, how important, and we talk about this quite a bit on the show, it's something I'm very interested in. How important is protection? I think it's essential. Some people say, no, it's, it's, it's not bothered. important. Yeah, talk, talk to us about that and talk to our listeners. Um, in all genres of our listeners who are in some way or another in the paranormal world, protection is paramount. Otherwise, if they do pick up something, it's people like you that have to deal with it. Can you talk us... Talk to us about that. Yeah, um, it's something that I um, talk to my clients about um, every time um, I see them. Um, I talk about protection because it's there are exercises that you can do that I was taught that can protect you. Because when you become you know conscious of your seven basic chakras, you've got more than that, but um, your seven basic chakras and your sort of energy points in your body, you can close those down. Um, and you can protect yourself, and you can ask for protection. You can visualize protection around your body. Um, you can, uh, you know, uh, visualize yourself being covered with um, the golden light of the divine, and it works. It's very, very powerful. Mm. And people don't do it. And it amazes me how how they will um, expose themselves to a situation um, energetically without 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 thinking about this. Yeah. But yeah. what I would say is that. Um, Everybody should do a visualization about protecting themselves um, from, you know, psychic attack and from spiritual attack every day. Can you give and, us uh, one for our listeners to do, um, Simon? People may be listening to you and thinking, well, what's a visualization? I mean, me and Freddie know, but yeah. some people don't. Can you can you teach us right now and our listeners what to do in stages? Yeah. Well, the fir- the first thing is to, is to make sure all your chakras are closed because. Most people go around with them sort of semi-open, like their throat chakra. You've got seven. You've got one on your crown, one on your forehead, um, one on your throat, uh, one over your heart, one over your um, um, sacrum, and then one over your stomach, and then one over your um, your root. And that, if you if you imagine they're like a rose or a kind of the shutter of a camera or, or something that kind of you can close, like a window in a portal mm. or something like that, if, you, if every day when you wake up, you imagine that you're closing those portals down, so you're closing yourself down um, spiritually, and then you imagine um, the golden light of the divine um, covering your whole body, all around your body, like a great big Tutankhamun gold casket, mm. um, that, that is the, the divine love that, that is the basis of, of, of what we are and, and what the universe is. That's, that is a very powerful thing. And if you ask for that protection... And you and you connect to the um, up there, or you know, like figuratively, the higher vibrational level. Um, if you imagine that surrounding you and surrounding and giving you protection, and you ask for protection, yeah, and you and you think about your guardian angel and ask to be protected. That's good. That's a, that's a really powerful start. I think that's another thing, people. What I'd be interested in as well is. I've always wanted to know who it is that looks after me. Who, who do, can you, is there a way of finding your guardian angel? Yes. Um, ask them to show, ask them to communicate with you. Um, it's like having a conversation. Just make yourself amenable to it and, and make yourself conscious of it and ask, ask them to give you information because when we're asleep, 
um, our guardian angels can do their work. So they heal us because your, your, your body can only heal, interestingly, your cells can only heal when you're asleep. Yeah, yeah. So mm. if you're not getting any sleep, you're not going to heal. Um, so when you're asleep, your, your, gar your guardian angel will um, come to you and, and will show you things in your dreams. It's much easier when you're in your subconscious because it's much more like the spirit connection. Your subconscious yeah. is a very important part of the spirit connection. So, so your, your guardian angel will come to you. And if you just work on that relationship and ask to be shown things, ask to, to have things explained to you and say that you want to see them, it just fills them with joy. I mean, like, it's like um, celestial, you know, trumpets all <laughs> playing because they're so happy to be able to do that. They are like sort of, you know, um, are really, really, that's what they're for. That's, that's what they're there for. And at the moment, there's sadness because a lot of people have cut themselves off from them, reject them, don't recognise they're there. I mean, they still work, even... even you know, they're like a persistent girlfriend. They just like you know, or a persistent boyfriend, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> or a persistent boyfriend, or or a, you know, or a, um, an overprotective mother or overprotective father. Um, it's it's why you know faith is kind of expressed as the father and the mother, and you know it all talks about that kind of uh, unit so that we can understand it. But that's what it is. It, it's it's people should know that they do have protection. And it protects them from harm, death, you know. And does interacting um, with your guardian angel empower them? Does it make them more powerful? Or... Yes. The, the more you interact with them and the more you think about them and the more that you kind of allow yourself to talk to them, um, it makes the link much stronger. When I was having a real, my real revelation, which was, you know, like sort of... Um, uh, like a really strong spiritual moment in my life, which is sort of where the whole thing just exploded. I was lying in bed one night and I suddenly felt really strongly that I was surrounded by the 12 disciples of Jesus's disciples. I, I could hear the rustling of the calico of their, of their very simple, um, you know, um, um, clothes. Cause, um, and, and I could feel them like touching against me and the, the, all of them were around me. And I felt like I was lifting out of out of the bed. It was it was it was the most extraordinary experience, and it it just came out of nowhere. I wasn't even thinking about um, angels or um, um, anything to do with them. It just suddenly happened, and it's like whoa! It just came out of the wall. You know, they were suddenly there, and it it was that that was the point that changed my life. Simon, if I'm about to get in a car on a long journey. If I say, my angel guide, please protect me and keep me safe in this car on this journey. If I say that, it means I invoke their help. Now, if I say that, could they prevent me from having an accident if I was meant to? Because I have asked with my own free will for their intervention and protection. And also, if I don't ask... For their protection if i just if i was going to have an accident would they allow me to have the accident you know what kind in the really real world what can normal humans do to engage um with our archangels to help us to benefit us in in a significant way well that's a very interesting philosophical question <laughs> it's one um, i often think about i promise you <laughs> when she gets um, in the car because have you seen her driving it's, it's, 
if it's in, if it's in your path to have an accident and die, you're going to. So your life is predetermined. Well, I know about the death thing. I'm I'm not saying that. I know our, I believe our death date is set in the subject, but for an accident. So I'm not saying a death. I'm not even saying that it's a majorly bad accident. But if we ask our our angelic, you know, um, the angelic well, realms to help us, can they? This way, the more that you commune with your angel, the stronger that link becomes, and the more that they're able to do. Ah, so that's so a, I, that answers I, the question. I, I, I would I would say that it strengthens the bond. It's 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 not gonna it's not going to stop you from having the experience that you were always going to have. Mm. Yeah. But I but I do think that it um where there's choice, your guardian angel is going to help protect you. So. It, but if it I can ask, only be good. it can it can only be no, good. To but but say, potentially say that, that prayer and and to ask for their protection, because they because they they will give you protection. Because, and it, and yeah. But I, I, I think it's I think it's very complicated because there are all sorts of forces at work. And I do think that life is 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 um, predetermined. I do think that we have a sort of, you know, um, I, I am always going to die at the point that I'm that I'm going to die. Yeah, I believe that, that. was true when I was two years old. You know, it's going to happen at that at that point. Yeah, because I think that the time is like um. You know, it's like a piece of film that you can wind forward and you can wind back, and that's actually. But it's only so big. The be the basis of um, of why we see spirits is because they're able to penetrate what we call the you know the veil, um, and energetically they're able to come forward into it because they're in a dimension that that has no um, bounds of um, time and space. They can I'm... move up and down at will. I'm going so to ask... what you're seeing is you're seeing into. 100 years ago or 800 years ago for a few for a few seconds or into the future i'm going to ask you a really hard question and i don't know if you're going to be able to answer it i don't know if anyone can answer it you know when there's a little child trapped as a spirit and he's lonely and he's upset and he's scared of the other entities and he's looking and he's crying for his mummy and daddy and he's in victorian clothes or pre-victorian clothes and we know that he's been stuck like that for hundreds of years lost lonely and upset where on earth are the angels then? Because it's something I've never understood. And I've had experience of, of child ghosts stuck and trapped. And I just don't know why on earth that is allowed to happen. I get for negative humans, I get for grown adults that have made bad decisions, rapists, murderers, and where they, they haven't gone to the light for various reasons. I understand that. But how is a four or a five or a six year old stuck? And why aren't they rescued? And I don't know if anyone can answer that. I have, a, I have a very simplistic answer to that. You know when you're sitting at your computer and you're, you're working and it suddenly freezes? Mm -hmm. It's that. It's a, it's a glitch in the... Um, it's a glitch in the process. Because when you die, there is a process. You know, when you die, you're shown the... Um, um, uh, Akashic record, which is a record of all your deeds, and some people don't get to see it. 
they get stuck. And and if you get stuck, it's like being a glitch in a computer. You, you know, like you got to switch on, switch it back on, switch off, and switch it back on again to um, to to clear it up. And I think it's along those lines. It's it's a glitch that isn't supposed to happen, but it does. And those spirits get stuck in that moment for for all sorts of reasons. It can be karmic. It can be a refusal to want to move on. It can be because they died Fear. of very traumatic yeah. circumstances. I understand that bit. I'm not kind of saying that. I understand how they get stuck. Why aren't they rescued by by rescue angels? Why are they allowed? To, why are they allowed to continue to be stuck for years and years and years? I understand the process of getting stuck, but because why aren't they it's, rescued? It's because the, because they they they're kind of caught in a broken bottle um, between here and there, and the angels can't reach them. And why that happens. There are lots and lots of reasons, I think, why that happens. Um, a guy was murdered outside my house about um, 10 years ago, and he had been harassing us and victimising us and all our neighbours, and um, he was a horrible, horrible, bad man. And um, he got stabbed to death by his best buddy when they were both completely off their faces. And he, he, he stabbed to death on, my, on pretty much my doorstep. And... I went out and walked up the street about a week after he died and I could see him. I could actually see him behind me walking up the street. Yeah. And he was doing what he usually did, did which was he was kind of like saying, um, oh, excuse me, excuse me, like, can you help me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and um, he was doing exactly what he would normally do. Yeah. And I took some pictures of the spot and there, were, there was, you could see him. I mean, there was like this shape and um, it was moving around. And... He, you know, he's saying, you know, why can't other people see me? What's happened? Um, he didn't know he was dead? dead then. Yeah. Um, mm. And so I actually did a, I did a ritual there and then and moved him on because I could. Mm. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. And with him, I, I, I could. And the shape and the blurry bits and the orby things and everything went. Because I took, I don't know why, but I had my camera with me, and and um, um, it went, and so did he, and, and and I never felt him again. But see, he he died in very um, traumatic circumstances, and he was a bad person. Um, and I think that it happens when when people are murdered, or they they don't understand that they're dead, mm -hmm. and it's just it's a glitch. It's it's not because they're being punished or. Um, because they're sort of like you know spirit prison it, it's just a kind of a glitch they get stuck and, and um you know it's nothing's perfect no mm. well fascinating isn't it Freddie? listen I, I could uh i could go on for another hour but i am gonna i am gonna cut it short because we've we've, we've hit our, a, we've hit our we've quota. gone over our time yeah <laughs> we've hit our quota for this evening um, so thank you so so much for coming on. I don't know if do you have any parting messages for us or anybody out there? Uh, so many, I can't go into it. <laughs> yeah, I think what we need to do is have Simon on again in a few weeks. We have a few repeat guests to do. And get back to Simon. And I think anyone in the meantime that uh, is curious wants to ask something, because I know me and Freddie, we'll sit and talk about we'll, this in half an yeah, hour. We'll, 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 we'll have another 10 things at least to ask you. 
I think you're fast. But Simon, I always know you're very knowledgeable and you can explain things and you, you know what you're doing. So, you know. Well, I'm a... I'd, I'd love to, you know, answer specific questions from anybody who's, um, you know, wants to ask anything about, about all of this. Um, so, you know, I'd love to do that. And in the meantime, so let's talk about Simon's books and the website where you listeners can go to to read Simon's books. Uh, yeah, I will, I will um, add all of the links necessary um, that we've mentioned today in the episode description. So uh, click above, click below, click to the side. I don't know, whatever you're listening on, click somewhere. And all the information will, will come be there up. for The Accidental Wizard and, Gab and Gabriel's Liar. Um, and also just any other information people can actually find out because Simon knows a lot about a lot of things. So but it, it'll all be on there. The website will be on there. <laughs> Our email address will be on there. So if you do want to contact us, um, you can. And then, well, we're assuming Simon would come back on and be so gracious and spend another hour of his time chatting away. I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, there you go. Right. You've heard it here. Right. He's, he's, he's committed. Back. He's committed. He's committed. He's got no choice. <laughs> um, Whether he gets the movie and all the, you know, all this stuff done anyway, he's still got to make time for our little podcast. Yeah, once he's earned 350 million quid, he won't be bothered. Yeah, no, but seriously, you better be quick because um, my life is about to explode. Yeah. Goodness. So, um, well, maybe he'll be on sooner than you think. But you can yeah. you can email us um, with any questions, queries, or you can get to us uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We, we try and follow most of you back. You can direct message us. You can ask us anything you want. Or if we've had a guest that you want a question answered on or ask them a question, we can do that for you. But um, that is it from us this week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have, because I think sometimes we enjoy it a little bit more bit than the people much, yeah. that listen. Because um, <laughs> we talk about it for two hours after we've finished it. That's the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys, as always, for listening. Follow the links in the episode descriptions. Please, please, please go and show your support. And um, and that's it. So it's a goodbye from us and have a blessed week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>